We're in a series called Now and Forever, uh, and we've been in this series, this is the 11 weeks in. You know I like to do long series. I could probably do this series now and forever, uh, but, but we'll change it. We have, I'm going to wrap it up today because the next week is Palm Sunday, and I want to talk about that, and then the following weekend is Easter, and I, I want to make sure that I'm talking about that, and then we'll start up a, a, in a new series right after that. But this series has, has been about the amazing life that we have in Christ now and forever. Um, identifying that life. Making sure we understand what it is. Knowing that we have an enemy who's trying to steal it from us. So that we stay engaged in it. And we don't let him steal, kill, and destroy the very life that we've been given in Christ. And, and so we've talked about you know, developing some spiritual habits. And we've talked about unlearning some things. In particular, the, the, the idea of... Um, that we sort of battle with our whole lives, me first. It's all about me, uh, you know, and that we can't have life from that spot. And that this whole deal is learning that it's all about Him, loving God, loving others, and that's when we experience life. And so we've been talking about that extensively over the last week. Jesus said, you know, love God, heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And what that means, really digging into the Scripture about it, Last week, I, I sort of took you through the Bible. We talked about the creation and the exodus and, and uh, the, the exile and things that were happening in the, in the temple and how, you know, Jesus is the temple and, and, and now we're the, the temple of the Holy Spirit and temples where heaven and earth meet and how amazing that is and why that's so important. And my hope was as we look through the Scripture together that that you would be excited about the Bible, too. That when you read it, you see what an adventure it is and what a story we're a part of and how awesome it is. And, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little more of that sort of story from the Bible today to talk about the, the, the thing that I started this series with is we talked about the, the flow of life that comes from the throne and it flows into us and out of us. And that that's where we experience life. John said, you know, it's a... His picture was it's like living water. It's like this running water, this water that comes from the throne to us and through us. So I want to talk today about that and, and uh, tie some scripture together about how that's been prophesied to take place and what that means for us on this life. So, so that's where we're headed. Transition, always a bad joke or two. I had some really bad jokes today. I'm very happy. What do you call sandwich meat if you put it on your lower leg? Bologna, that's very good. Thank you very much. Give her a sticker. She wins. Bologna, she didn't get it. You know, we, we were doing a lot of cooking yesterday for the, we did a St. Patrick's meal last night. Vineyard Dinner Church, too, by the way, really going well. If you're looking for a way to invite someone to church, try Saturday night. So say, hey, come for a meal. We're doing top-notch food, and it's really picked up, and it's really good. This weekend, Saturday, is, a, uh, is a barbecue night. So pulled pork and shredded chicken and all the fixings. It's going to be good. And it's just a great way to invite people. You know, if you're looking for a way, and maybe you've been inviting them, and they won't come on Sunday. Hey, come on, we're going to go for a meal on Saturday night. Uh, and uh, 6.30, we do a meal, 7 o'clock, one song, then I preach, and then we go into music. Seems to be a great fit for a lot of folks. Anyway, talking about preparing food, uh, you know, a lot of people cry when they cut onions. The trick 
is, is not to form an emotional bond. First Corinthians 15, 1 through 8. A scripture reading for today. I want to get this back in front of you. These, this passage contains the gospel, the good news. Very important for us. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you've taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. Those two verses have the good news, the message, the gospel. That's what people have to hear, understand at some level, respond to by faith, in order that they might be saved and brought from darkness into light. Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried and was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. Then he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. And after that he appeared to more than 500 people at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. That, that little tag there is important. The witnesses see when Paul, when Paul wrote that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He was saying, listen, the resurrection is a fact. And, and it was seen, it was eyewitness. There were 500, over 500 eyewitnesses. Most of them still alive when Paul wrote that. If you don't believe, Paul's saying, if you don't believe me, go ask somebody that saw it. There's a hundred of people around that saw it. So, so that's the, the message. And last week, uh, as I was ending up, I said, you know, that's what we need to be living. That, that message, the good news, needs to permeate from us, and it's the reason behind why we do what we do. Well, let's hop right in. Point number one, now and forever living, is what this series has been about. And it's, it started with that idea of this, this amazing life flowing from the throne. And John pictures it as water through us and out of us. Jesus talks about it in John 7. 37 through 39. He says, On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Now, this pasture, this pasture, Passage, passage. I don't know where that was coming from. Okay, so this passage of scripture has in it this idea of this life flow, this this living water flowing from the throne, and and Jesus says it's, it's going to flow into us and it's supposed to flow out of us. And I want to I'm going to tie some verses into that and, and come back to that in a minute about why that's so important and what that means and how that relates to what we were going on. So if you were here last week, um, and if, if not, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll just catch you up. We were talking about the creation and the exodus and the exile and how um, the Babylonians had risen up and destroyed Jerusalem and the temple and that there was no place then where heaven and earth met. And the prophets began to speak and they said, a time's coming when the temple's coming back, but they were talking about Jesus. And Jesus, fully God, fully man, the place where heaven and earth meet, arrives on the scene. He says, hey, I'm the temple that you're going to destroy and build back. And when you do, uh, you'll see what's going to happen. And then the Holy Spirit is poured out. And we're now the temples of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit dwells in us. Heaven and earth meet in us. And everywhere we go, we carry Jesus. That was the heart of the story. Well, this whole living water thing ties into all of that. Because during the exile, um, when the... The people of God were off in, in Babylon. The prophets began to speak into these events. 
And we looked at Isaiah and Jeremiah last week, but I want to look at a couple of others this week. Also Isaiah, who, who says, you know, in Isaiah 55, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy milk and wine without money and without cost. Isaiah is, is prophesying about this time when the temple is back. When, when Jesus has arrived, that's what they're talking about. We know all that on this side of it. Well, Ezekiel's talking as well, and he's also part of the captivity, one of the prophets that speak, and Ezekiel has his own book and scriptures, pretty long. And he starts talking about this idea, and he starts in chapter 34, and he goes all the way through 47 uh, during that time. And obviously, I don't have time to read you that whole thing because we'd be here all day. But I want to highlight some of what's happening so you can begin to sort of tie this together. And again, I, I hope you see how, how amazing the Bible is, how, how alive it is, how it works all things uh, in it together. So he starts talking in chapter 34, and he says, listen, the problem is um, we've got these, these people that lead us, these shepherds, but all they care about is themselves. they got this whole, they're all me first, and that's a big issue. All they want is what's theirs, and that's a problem. And, and so we've been talking about that, too, in this life, right? That, that in this life, that's the big problem that we face is, is we're stuck in this me first thing. We're constantly going back into me first. We keep getting ourselves in the center of the story. And there's no life there. This is his story. And we experience life when he's the center and we're revolving around him. But, man, it's just a constant to go put ourselves back in the story. What does this mean to me? How does this impact me? You guys get that? How? So, like, just now. Let me come back. Don't don't go away. So, some some Sunday mornings, Alice and I will run over and go pick up our grandkids that live a few blocks from here, because they're my daughters. Their mama has five of them, and five is a lot to bring them at one time. And two of them are babies and strollers. So we'll go over and pick up the older three, who are three and six and eight. Yeah, good. So. Uh, so we, we did first service. Alice and I were here for the first service, and then we jump in the car. After, you know, we say hi, and we run over there. It's just a few blocks away, and we pick them up. But we, we're picking up the grandkids, and we're, we're strapping them in, and Alice is putting in the, the, the three-year-old, and the, the, the six-year-old is in the middle, and she's in, and Alice put her in, and I'm putting in the older one. Well, I'm back there in the back seat, and all of a sudden, I smell something. It's not pleasant. I'm going to throw myself under the bus here. I smelled it and didn't say anything about it. in my mind, I'm like, I don't know what that is, but I don't want to have to take care of it. <laughs> and if I ignore it, perhaps it won't be my issue. And anybody? None of you are like that, right? Uh-huh. So I hop into the front seat. So far, so good. And then my grandson says, something smells funny in here. Well, no. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. I'm hoping that somebody stepped in something. Actually, by this point, that's my hope. That it's not something other than that. So we did a quick quick shoe check, and sure enough, somebody had stepped in something. And so we, we got over here, and, and uh, I, I take that. Come on, let's go, and we find a hose. And then that's a whole other set of stories because the water is going everywhere, and, it's, and it's, it's a mess. And you think, why are you telling this story? Well, here's why. I'm going to make a connection here. It happens. And you can try and ignore it. <laughs> well, you might as well just deal with it, and everything works out eventually, right? 
And so, I'm so, I'm so, anyway, I'm way, now coming way back. How are you going to tie that back in? Ezekiel's saying, all these people that care about is themselves and everything is messed up. And, and so he starts to talk about when Jesus comes and what's happening, and they're, they're calling it the temple. They don't see it yet, but we know that it's Jesus. When that happens, what's going to happen? And first thing he says, he says later on in verse 34, verse 11, he says, listen, the Lord himself will be the shepherd. And so it's a picture of Jesus coming, who's our shepherd. He says, I'm the great shepherd, right? And Jesus is going to show up. And he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start bringing people back in into this process. That verses 11 and 12. Uh, uh, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. So he's going to go after the scattered, scattered ones. Then he's going to bring them in. And so Ezekiel's talking about this stuff. And then in, in chapter 36, he says, this is what's going to happen. He's going to cleanse us with water and put his spirit in us. So here's this. This ties into water. You've got to be looking for him. Verse 24. Uh, let, me, let me go 25. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. And I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. So he says, listen, what's going to happen? You're gonna, you're gonna, I'm going to look after you. I'm going to be searching for you. You're going to come to me. I'm going to clean you up. And that's you know, the whole thing about being justified. And, and I'm going to um, put my spirit in you. And you're going to want to do the next right thing. And it's going to change everything in your life. And your heart's gonna, that hardened heart's going to go. And this, this softened heart's going to come. And that's what's going to happen when, when Jesus comes back and when the Holy Spirit is poured out. See, Ezekiel's talking about it. He's looking at it. He's not even sure what's going on. He thinks it's the temple, and the, but this is what's going on. And then he says in verse 37, this is really cool, he looks out and he sees this valley of dry bones. Dry bones are like really thirsty, right? Isn't that, that's the picture that I get thirsty talking about. He sees these dry bones, and he says, verse 1, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones, and he led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. And he said, Son of man, can these bones live? And I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. And he said, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. They needed the gospel. And he said, this is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. So, so this picture of when Jesus comes back and he's going to be the, the shepherd. And he's going to be gathering people. And he's going to, as he finds us, he's going to cleanse us and put his spirit in us. And he's going to commission us as well to go out to live this life, to, to preach the gospel. And people are going to hear it. And dry bones are going to live. Verse 47. Here's, here's this. Watch this. So, so at, there's a lot of stuff that goes on there, but... Lack of time. So he, he comes uh, to the entrance of the temple, verse 1 and 2. And I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. That goes on. So when this happens, what Ezekiel sees is he sees, you know, when, the, when Jesus comes, this living water is going to be flowing, and he can see it. And he says it's flowing from the east, and it's going all the way to the Dead Sea where everything is dead, and it's bringing life everywhere it goes. And then Zechariah, another prophet, who's speaking around the same time, right shortly after, in, in, his, uh, in chapter 14, 8, and 9. And what he sees is, on that day, living water will flow out from Jerusalem, half to the east and half to the west. And so Zechariah sees, you know, not only is it flowing this way, it's flowing everywhere. This living water is flowing everywhere when Jesus comes back and the Holy Spirit is poured out in the process. Now... Jesus, when he speaks in that verse uh, that I read to you and I started with, 
when he stands up and he says it, it's at the end of a feast. And the feast is the Feast of Tabernacles, or the Feast of Booths. Fascinating to read about the feast that God appointed uh, for the Israelites to follow uh, while they were in the wilderness. Um, but they don't follow this feast. They, they do pretty good with all of them, but they don't follow this one. Uh, and because what they're told to do is to go out and stay in booths for seven days outside of the protected cities it's so they can learn to trust God because he would have cared for them, provided for them because it's not all about me, but guess where we get stuck all the time? It is all about me and I'm going to stay inside my little walls because that's where it's safe. I'm not going out for a week. And, and so they, they refuse to do it. What they do is they figure out, here's what we're going to do instead. We're going to stay in here where it's safe, but we'll take and celebrate this feast. And every day we'll send someone down to the pool of Siloam. They're going to get some water. They're going to bring it in, and we're going to pour it out in the temple, and we're all going to know that God is the one who provides. And we're going to, we're going to worship him like that. And that happened for six days. That happened. Then on the seventh day, the greatest day of that feast, they go seven times to the pool, and they bring it in seven times, and they pour it out. So now get this picture, just water running everywhere, and they know that God's the provider of all the water. Jesus stands up at that point in time and in a loud voice says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. It's, a, it's what happened back in Isaiah 55. A time would come when anyone who was thirsty would come and drink from the water. And he's making a very big statement. They all knew exactly what he was saying. I'm the one that you're celebrating. I'm the one that gives life. Come to me if you're thirsty. And, and that's what the picture of what was happening was going on then. He's the very fulfillment of all those prophecies we were reading about. So this water is available for anybody that's thirsty. So what do we do? Second, let it flow. See, Jesus is making this picture of this living water. He says, you know, in that verse when I read it to you, that it's like it's going to be like in your belly. This living water is going to flow out of you. See, his living water doesn't sit. It flows. And, and where we find trouble is we get stuck in that sort of me first thing. We'll just let it stop with us. That, that water will pour into us, and it stops there. And it's not where we find life. We find life when we let it flow out of us in this life. And so, remember Jesus said, listen, uh, the Spirit's going to come, and you're gonna, this is all going to make sense to you in the process. But it hasn't come yet, because when Jesus said it, he hadn't been glorified. He hadn't gone through the process. So he dies. He's crucified. And all his disciples take off running, and they're all afraid. And Jesus shows up after the thing. John 20, 19 and 20. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came in and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. I love that so much. They're locked in. You know, Jesus now just kind of walks in anyway. And, and they're all messed up. They're all freaked out. I love what he says. First thing, peace. You love that about Jesus? Let's get to what really matters. Peace. You need peace. You're a mess. You need peace. Peace be with you. And, and then he shows them his hands and his sides and everything that's going on. They're overjoyed. And again, it says, the, the scripture says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Do you see all the prophetic stuff that's falling together at that moment? All the things that we've been talking about. All these things these guys were seeing that they, they didn't quite understand. And now it's all happening as Jesus does exactly what he says he's going to do. And, and he's making a point now about how we find life. He says, look, as the Father sent me, I am sending you. When Jesus was here, he carried God around in, in human form because he, he was here. And, and we carry now Jesus around because we're filled by the Holy Spirit. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
and, and we go, and, and it's a picture of this water flowing through us. And, and what's happening is this life coming from the throne, flowing through us and out of us, and it's life in the Spirit. Look, at the heart of this entire thing, this life, understanding it's about Him, it's not all about us, and, and, and getting that first, loving God, loving others, but then totally walking this life out in the Holy Spirit, who's that in us. And I just think we, we don't take that in very often. We don't take in the, uh, the enormity of what it means to have the Holy Spirit live in us. And what, that, what that's like, how amazing it is God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, now living in us. The Apostle Paul in Romans 14, 17 says, The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Such an important verse. Because the kingdom of God, this thing we're in, it's not about eating and drinking, which is saying it's not about me first. We don't, he takes care of that. Nothing wrong with eating and drinking. It's stuff of life, okay? So, so, but he's saying it's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That that's what we're supposed to be experiencing in this life. Righteousness is, is tied into that word justification. It's not our righteousness. It's not following a bunch of rules. It's not about how we look on the outside. It's because God chooses to see us in the perfection of His Son when we come to life in Him. So we have that. Because of that, peace, the Holy Spirit comes. Jesus said, peace be with you. We're, we're to live and flow in a, in a peace that, that passes understanding. It's ours in this life. And a joy that comes because we know that He's got us now and forever. And, and, and sometimes we have different, difficult circumstances, hard ones, not so hard ones, all sorts of ones. It happens. That was fun. Okay, thank you. <laughs> but we know he's got us so we can have joy. See, that's this life. And that's what I want for you. I want you to experience. That's what God wants for you. Now and forever life. A life that's beyond really description but that he has for us. So think about that this week, how amazing it is that all this stuff was talked about and, and, and was all there for us to see how it all comes together in life. So think about those things this week. I'm going to end it there. And uh, next week, Palm Sunday, we'll talk about that. And it's very cool. And then we'll go from there. All right. Ministry team will be here when you head over the wall. People on the way over the wall are here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure you get it. Let me pray for you as a group. We'll have breakfast, dismiss. Papa, thank you for your goodness to us and your love for us. You're such an awesome God. Thank you for your peace. It's amazing. Lord, let this life flow through us and into the world around us to make a difference for you. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area. Hundreds, thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray again today for every church in this area, God, where your word is preached. Bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us of one more. Just one more lost child back to you, but just one more. Thank you so much for including us in your story here in this time and place. You're such an awesome God. If you need prayer for anything this morning, the folks over there will pray for you. Healing, relationships, problems, finances, situations, whatever you got. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just take care of that today too. Humility and faith. In humility, it's just admitting to God you're broken like all the rest of us keep saying. Asking Him to forgive you, which He'll do. And then in faith, 
inviting and accepting Jesus into your heart and life as Lord and Savior. If you have never prayed a prayer like that, do it today. Best decision you will ever make in your life. But you need help, you want to ask someone. Just say, I want to know Jesus. They'll know exactly what to do. So if you need prayer for that or for anything, I'd encourage you to get it. You're going to stay and have breakfast. Say thank you. The food you provided, bless that. Everybody that makes it possible. Draw people in for the 11 o'clock service and for group support tonight. You're an amazing God. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. And go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Remember, be thankful for five things. Encourage two people. We get one lost child back to that. Prayer is there. Breakfast is in the back. As you go, drive safely. Be kind to one another in the parking lot. Have a great day. Catch some fish. Hope you're